if you've got that strength, then in week two, we're absolutely building out some form of straight line running where you're doing some run-throughs like flying 80s, for example, where you've got a 30-meter build and you might have a, a 30-meter speed where you're trying to hit that speed. It might be 80% of velocity. And then we have a 20-meter decel, for example. So that's where we're just starting to expose the hamstring to now some higher velocities. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength and conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show your support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. Hello and welcome to this weekly update. My name is Jack McLean and today I'll be discussing everything you need to know when it comes to returning to play from a hamstring strain injury. So perhaps you're listening to this because you've just injured your hamstring playing football or perhaps you're a couple of weeks into your hamstring uh, rehabilitation and it's not going to plan. Uh, hopefully these tips from all the way from getting injured to returning to your performance uh, will help you. It's just a guide, of course. Uh, make sure you seek a professional. That's tip number one. Um, but I'll provide you a framework that you can work towards and give you a bit of an idea of what we're doing on an AFL level uh, in terms of strength and conditioning uh, as well as football integration to return you back to performance. Before I do, though, we've got a massive show on the podcast this week. Our episode with John Mitchell will be released. We've got a huge episode with Franz Bosch, 3 p.m. live on Wednesday. Really looking forward to that. Franz is actually coming over um, to present in Australia in November. So for all high-performance strength conditioning staff, make sure to tune in for our live chat with Franz. James Tatum, who I did my ASCA Level 3, he'll be presenting at 4.30 p.m. also on Wednesday. And on Friday, we have Tim Schmidt, uh, our bite-sized episode with Tim, uh, who's a kicking expert who played at the AFL level and now is helping footballers with their kicking techniques. So if you enjoy that bite-sized episode, make sure to listen to the whole podcast by searching for Tim Schmidt in your favorite podcast directory. Stick around for the end. I'm going to provide a free cross-training workout for those who want to improve their aerobic uh, conditioning, more specifically their threshold aerobic conditioning, so more that high-intensity work. Um, and I'm going to release also our poll findings when it comes to readiness to train. Is it more your subjective markers or objective markers? It's a really interesting finding on LinkedIn and Twitter. But let's get straight into it. So um, a three-week hamstring program would typically in an ideal world when things are going well go through this format so firstly we want to get that diagnosis right uh typically in the afl we leave this to the physiotherapists and the sports doctors um they'll work off their clinical assessments as well as a scan to diagnose the injury diagnose the severity of the injury but also location uh and that will guide particularly early days but all throughout the whole rehab process um, our protocols in how we strengthen that hamstring um, and our uh, way of conditioning and, and being able to recondition that athlete. So that's number one. If you don't have access to a physiotherapist, make sure to get one yourself in the private sector uh, and have a rehab coach who's taking you through this process. Tip number two, and within straight away as soon as possible, uh, you, you could even do it if you've just injured it after a game, 
you want to be loading that hamstring. So um, if a isotonic movements like a hamstring curl uh, are causing you too much pain, then you can do it just a simple eccentric movement if that's causing you too much. So that's just lengthening out the hamstring, like with a hamstring slider. Uh, if that's giving you too much grief and you're not able to maintain the control due to pain, then we can go to an isometric. Um, but ultimately, we'll have the mindset of loading that hamstring um, because the sooner we can restore strength, uh, the better um, we're going to be able to return to high speed and sprint running. So loading in early is really, really important and getting your range of motion back to normal is really, really important. Um, knowing where you injured the hamstring is also critical. So that's where the diagnosis comes in. Is it more proximal up towards the hip um, where we, we would program more your hip-based, hinging-based movements to strengthen your um, proximal hamstrings or is it more towards distal towards the knee where we want to be focusing on um, potentially scaling back the complexity of the exercises and keeping them more simple with knee-based hamstring exercises and then progressing it back to the normal program towards the knee um, but overall week number one we're loading it and we're going quite aggressive with the strength um, and trying to get that strength stimulus and pushing the tissue from a strength point of view um, number three in week one, we want to maintain as much football load as we can. So what do I mean by that? You, um, jogging and slow speed running isn't a lot of load and it's not high risk for um, a typical hamstring injury. Um, so if you can jog and run pain-free and your gait looks good, continue keeping your running volumes up. So doing some more aerobic type conditioning sessions so you're not losing that uh, overall conditioning. If uh, ground balls, marking the ball and kicking has no issues at all, no setbacks, then keeping those kicking loads in and movements like ground balls um, is really, really important. Also change direction, particularly lateral work. So power cutting, shuttles, things like that. Uh, we want to maintain that strength work in because that's really important for your glutes and your groins and your adductors. So when you return back to full uh, intensity football training where there's small-sided games and match play, uh, your groins aren't deconditioned from not doing any of that type of work. Um, so maintaining your agility and change direction work in week one is also ideal. Um, and as you as I mentioned before, it's um, in the program if you're able to do it pain relatively pain-free and your mechanics look close to normal. Um, so that's where a professional can really help you with that feedback uh, and being able to make a decision on whether that's a good stimulus or is that something that's actually going to put you backwards and give you a setback and cause further bleed to the hamstring. So that's where having professional team is so, so important. Um, but ultimately, we're in the mindset of we don't want to shut everything down and, and have a huge deconditioning effect. We want to keep as much loading as we can. Then we're moving. That's typically week one. Week two, we want to start now progressing the speed that you're running at. Um, while you're starting to hit your strength markets. So hopefully after loading it quite regularly every day you know, with, from a strength point of view um, or at least every second day from a strength point of view, you might have some objective markers like using a Nord board to be able to see the symmetry between your hamstrings uh, and see how well your eccentric strength is coming back to pre-injury. Um, typically, we would like to see that get close to within 90% of your pre-injury hamstring score before we would be doing high-speed running, so uh, sorry, uh, sprinting. So we want to make sure we're getting that strength back. If you've got that strength, then in week two, we're absolutely building out some form of straight line running where you're doing some run-throughs like flying 80s, for example, where you've got a 30-meter build and you might have a 30-meter a speed where you're trying to hit that 
speed, might be 80% of velocity. And then we have a 20 meter decel, for example. So that's where we're just starting to expose the hamstring to now some higher velocities. Um, while you're impre- increasing the intensity of those um, skills that you're doing, the ground balls, kicking, so that might be now kicking on the move, you're progressing the intensity of your change of direction load, uh, and perhaps your aerobic conditioning is a little bit more demanding. So maybe week one, you're doing two-minute efforts with a one-minute rest. Now that might be a two-minute run with a 30-second jog and a 30-second walk. So your work-to-rest ratio is a bit more demanding and you're getting your heart rate up. Week two, we also want to start. Um, so by this point, your clinical markers and your strength markers should hopefully be clear. Um, and we're starting to progress the intensity of the content that we did in week one. Um, by this stage as well, we're hoping in the gym, your strength markers have all been hit. And then that's where we move into week three, where now we're integrating back into the football program. Uh, so your main training session at your club, um, you're aiming to hit uh, anywhere between 85 and 90% of your max velocity in this week. And we're doing some hard acceleration, so 5, 10, 15 meter hard axles. Um, so that's where you're in that stretch position, leaning forward with your torso, uh, and you're really focusing on quick switches into the ground. So you're dynamically um, producing force at a rapid rate. Um, and we're also being able to stop on a dime, pumping the brakes with your decels, which is a lot of hamstring work in, in decelerating. And that then opens you up to the la- the final week where you return to play in week four. So you've completed a full um, main training session. You've hit above 90% of max velocity. You've hit all your strength markers uh, and you're feeling like you've um, done enough football to be able to return back to performance. So hopefully that makes sense in that um, three-week block uh, and how we would periodize things. Um, obviously, we want to take into account, like I said, the site of the injury. So work closely with a professional. Also, when you're doing your football drills, if you're a rehab coach listening to this, think about the position and that athlete plays. So obviously, the, the football content you put in there will be specific to that player. So if they're an inside mid, you'll be doing some contested ground balls, um, some repeat efforts. If they're doing, if they're an aerial player, make sure they're getting that contested um, find a body one or one v one marking work. If they're a defender, they're being able to practice intercept marking um, by doing some reactive agility. Um, so things like that. So think about their game and make sure you're layering that type of football work in as part of the strength conditioning. Um, and also when you return back to um, your performance, you've now injured a hamstring. So unfortunately, you're at a higher risk of re-injuring a hamstring in the future. So you want to make sure you stay on top of your strength, stay on top of your mobility, uh, and of course, make sure you're getting regular exposures of high-intensity running, sprinting, hard cells, hard D-cells. Um, that's really, really important to be able to um, continue to be resilient and, and make sure that, that hamstring uh, doesn't get injured again. So think of it like insurance or a vaccine from that hard training. Hopefully that helps for anyone that's struggling with their hamstring rehabilitation or perhaps uh, those practitioners working with the, um, injured athletes that are looking to return to play. If you've got any questions on that topic, more than happy to uh, answer any questions. Feel free to direct message me or email me at jack at com. But going over to the last two pieces, we've got our poll. So readiness for training, really interesting to see high-performance staff value the subjective wellness rating so highly. Um, so that rate number one, it was 57% on LinkedIn, 39% on Twitter. So that was number one. Number two was 
power testing on a force plate. So using, for example, like a counter movement jump to assess how well and how fresh that athlete is. So some an objective measure that came out at 26% and 22%. So nearly half um, voted for that compared to the subjective. Then number three we had was quite close between movement screening. So um, being able to see how well people, their movement competency as well as um, things like force frame, sort of seeing how well athletes can um, generate force to their groins, glutes, cars, for example. So 7% on LinkedIn, 22% on Twitter, chose movement screening and heart rate variability, 9% on LinkedIn, 17% was last on um, on, LinkedIn, on Twitter. This week's poll, um, so if you want to get engaged in these polls, there's also some great comments um, usually and there's a bit of a thread. Definitely on this one where I did readiness for training, there's a few people um, elaborating on why they think you know, uh, subjective is is the way to go, or some people think more of the objective measures the way to go. So if you're following me on LinkedIn, you can um, comment on that thread. It's an interesting read. But this week, I'm going to do a podcast on what's the best strategy for developing athletes um, and what do you prioritize most. So you have to pick one. Is it strength and power? Uh, is it speed and agility, aerobic capacity, or movement competency, i.e. like running mechanics? So Interesting to see the findings from these polls. Um, and like I said, if you can get involved either on Twitter at Propelica Pro or on my personal LinkedIn, that would be greatly appreciated. The workout for this week. So you need to um, have completed a 20-minute functional watt bike test. And then from your average watts, you're following the, this prescription. So it's a good threshold workout for those that um, want to improve their aerobic threshold, um, which is basically just working at them the maximum heart rate where you're still working aerobically um so we want to make sure we improve that obviously as an athlete because if you can work aerobically at a high intensity for longer um you're going to be more uh efficient compared to your competitors and be able to um, run out games better so using this threshold workout on what bike could be something you do early in the week uh it could be something for those in in rehab like um, this podcast is all about could be a good way to work to get some off-feet conditioning um, for the legs while you're not doing high-intensity conditioning uh, with your running loads. So it's a, so from your 20-minute watt bike test, you find your average watts. Let's say, for example, that's 300. You start at 90% for five minutes. This is a continuous 20-minute interval. That's at 270 watts where you're trying to hold your average watts. Then when you do five minutes at 95%, that's at 285 for someone with a functional watt bike test at 300. Then five minutes at 100%, so 300, and then finish with five minutes at 105%, which is 315. Give it a go. Obviously, change the adjustments to your test and let me know how you find it. It's a pretty challenging workout. That would be typically week one, then week two, you can have a go, or after you do a couple of weeks of training, have a go at progressing that where you start at 95%, you go 100, you go 105, and you finish on 110 and typically, you'd be able to beat your 20-minute watt bike test if you can sustain those uh, threshold efforts. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you could rate and review our podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. Helps us reach more listeners. I'll see you on the next week's episode. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach. And I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions. Access to our Facebook group with Jack and other Prepare Like a Pro coaches 
You'll be able to receive merchandise, program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events, exercise technique database and much more. This is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making Prepare Like a Pro community possible and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our Academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely any time.